0: On this podcast, we discuss medical diagnoses and procedures. All of the guests express their own opinions. You should always seek medical advice from a trained and credentialed professional when making decisions about your own health. Welcome to the Sleep Apnea Stories podcast. I'm Emma Cooksey. And I've been coping with sleep apnea since childhood. I didn't know anyone in my life with a sleep disorder, so I decided to start this podcast. I'm here to build community and provide a platform for people with sleep apnea to tell their stories. Together, we can shatter stereotypes and raise awareness. We'll be exploring all sorts of treatment options and lifestyle choices to help you live your best life with sleep apnea. This is Sleep Apnea Stories, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey there, it's Emma Cooksey here and I'm your host. Before I get to anything else, I want to just mention to everybody that there's this um, survey that the University of Ottawa and the University of Calgary are working on um, some research all about the Phillips recall. So I know so many of you have been affected by the Philips CPAP recall. So if you were affected and um, they're looking for people, it's only people that are in the United States and Canada. So sorry about all the people, because I know there's a ton of you in Europe and Australia and everywhere else. Um, so if you're in the United States or Canada and you were affected by that recall, um, go to the link I'm going to put in the show notes and you can complete the survey and help with their research. Um, So pretty busy week for me all in all, but um, I managed to get my um, workbook out and ready to order on Amazon. So that's really exciting. So if you are a new or struggling CPAP user and you would like to order a copy of my workbook, the six week CPAP solutions workbook, um, you can go to the link in um, the show notes. And I also have a link on sleepapneastories.com. So if that's easier, you can go there too. So I super appreciate everybody who's ordered it. It's really exciting. Um, and I hope it'll help a lot of people. Was really why I wrote it. <laughs> so on to today's guest. I'm joined today by Olivier Lozarelle. And he is the general manager of Somnix Health. And they're the company that make the device called the iNap. And I don't think we've done anything. I think we've talked briefly to one patient who had used the iNap briefly, but we haven't really talked all about that device and what it is and what it does. So we're going to dig all into that today. Um, So Olivier, um, with Somnix Health, he brought to the United States this Taiwanese-based product called the iNap. Um, and it was launched in 2021 with a direct-to-consumer subscription and out-of-pocket model leveraging telemedicine, an online retail store with the goal to make OSA treatment comfortable and easy to access for patients, yet being effective for all severities of OSA. So I'm really glad that I had Olivier on to, to really explain all about it um, and how to access it. So here is our conversation all about the INAP. So thank you so much for joining me.
1: Oh well, thank you for having me. For having me, I'm a big fan of yours. You know, I love oh, what well, you do. Thank you. And thank <laughs> you for doing that for the community because you're bringing a lot of uh, different perspective and solution and ideas to the to the patient. Well, I sure I'm everybody. trying. <laughs> oh, you're you're doing well. You're doing
0: so I want to hear. We're going to talk all about INAP but yes. I want to hear a little bit about you and your background and how you came into the sleep apnea space.
1: Oh my god, I, I, I'm going to try to make it short. Uh, yeah, because super I'm, short. <laughs> I think I'm kind of an uh, an odd <laughs> background. Um, so I grew up in France, you can you yeah. know, uh, hear the accent here and um, study there. And we've
0: already covered that. I grew up in Scotland. So, yes,
1: I know that. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody has an accent. right? Yeah. Um, so I um, graduated with a master in um, aerospace engineering, believe it or not. And my the first part of my career was in France, uh, building satellites for Alcatel space. And okay. um, actually, one of my projects was XM radio so if if you're using oh. it i was involved in that that's kind of my baby that's actually over there in, in orbit um then i oh moved my to my goodness the US. <laughs> yeah i know huh you know and then i'm yeah. a, i'm keep up near right now moved to the um us uh, to get another master's and an mba here in california and uh, then joined the uh startup scene the tech startup scenes in, in silicon valley which uh, this where that which has been my home for the past 22 years. Went to um, uh, semiconductor, big data, sensors, a lot of like very engineering, uh, heavy engineering, very deep tech, and uh, uh, hardware based. And um, my wife used to be a jazz. Um, she's an MD PhD, and. Oh, jazz pharmaceuticals! Jazz pharmaceuticals. Exactly. I was
0: like, she used to play jazz or no, jazz well, pharmaceuticals. She has many many That makes sense. So, Got it. I'm sorry, yeah.
1: <laughs> she used to be a jazz farmer, and um, and then we had a conversation when, right when I saw the conversions between um, you know, data and good sensors, especially wearables, and some lifting of. Uh, a regulation hurdle that will allow those new technology yeah. to come into play in the uh, in the world of medtech, and um, Jazz was um, um, investing in a startup for uh, at home PSG
0: mm-hmm.
1: with a real EEG because obviously that's important for the yep. diagnosis of narcolepsy. And and I kind of helped that company that was in based out of uh, the Netherlands, Eindhoven, and you, I'm sure you know the name Olera Health.
0: Mm-hmm. I and mean, I, I was, know the name. That's about it.
1: <laughs> I know. I was I was interested in them because they're a spinoff of a one of the top semiconductor research lab in the world, and right. I spent ten years in semiconductor, and I know that lab really well It's called IMEC in uh, in Belgium. And so the technology was really good and I helped them, but they were not FDA cleared. But that was my first gig, I would say, in the world of um, medical device mm-hmm. and in sleep. Learned a lot. Loved it. And then I learned also that there was a more things to be done, I would say, in the treatment than in the diagnosis. Yes. Because we see a lot of HST devices that are really patient friendly. That's
0: home sleep testing for anybody listening. To. I'm
1: I'm sorry. Totally okay. <laughs> yes, a lot of home sleep testing devices with the the introduction of those advanced sensors yes. coming into the market. But then the patients get like a nice patient friendly, accurate diagnosis. But then they talk to their physician, and then okay, we're going to put you on a CPAP. Mm-hmm. And CPAP works really well. But in terms of the patient experience, I could see a disruption here. You know, there was not continuity, a continuum of of, um, the patient journey and experience in terms of being a patient friendly, comfortable device, which they are entitled to. And my big thing is OSA, obstructive sleep apnea, is a chronic condition by definition, the patient needs to be treated every single night. Right. If they have to drag their feet because they don't like the treatment, they'll find any reason not to use it. Oh, I have a sinus infection. Oh, I'm this, oh, I'm that, oh, whatever. Um, And I said, we have to find something that the patient will, tolerate is not enough, will like or even love in terms of treatment. Not only the patient, but also the bed partner. Mm-hmm. And this is when I was having all those uh, uh, thoughts and realization that I came into know about Somnix. And I met with the founder and CEO, Dr. Cheng Chu Chen, who. Studied-
0: Taiwanese? Ch- Chinese? Taiwanese. Taiwanese. Okay.
1: He, he used to be a visiting scholar at Stanford mm-hmm. uh, University. And he got the idea from uh, Dr. Mino and brought it back to Taiwan. He is a patient himself, and then developed. I think that was back in 2012, 10 or 12. Okay. And he developed the technology. So it took him uh, quite some time to to perfect the design and to um, to start launching, you know, the clinical trial and things like that. But also, they launched in a number of countries before the US. Mm-hmm. Um Taiwan, of course, so this so,
0: device is the inap, right? But the device is the
1: inap okay, and inap stands for intermittent negative air pressure. There's a reason for inap
0: so here so I, I'm gonna see if I can explain it, and then you can correct me if I get it wrong. So I think my understanding of it is instead of all of these positive airway pressure devices like CPAP and BiPAP that are pushing air to keep your air splinted open, this is a negative pressure device, which is almost sucking air out of your oral cavity. Do you want to explain exactly how it works?
1: Yeah. I mean, so far, so good. (laughs) Um, I would say the main difference is think about PAP as a flow device. Yes the sense that it's constantly pushing air into uh, the patient's lung. So that's why the device has to be plugged in all the time. The pump is, is, is running all yeah. the
0: time. and it's continuous. It doesn't and it stop. it's continuous yeah.
1: in the sea of CPAP. It's continuous positive air pressure. INAB is a static pressure device. So I'm going to get a little bit technical here. But what it does, it will suck the air of the oil cavity. Okay? So we have like an all interface, very comfortable, that creates a seal in the front of mm-hmm. the old cavity. And then the seal in the back is created by the tongue, the palate, and the soft palate. That yes. kind of closes. So here you've got a pocket of air in your mouth. And we're going to be sucking that out until we reach a target pressure. And so what happens when you suck the air out you know well you create a kind of a vacuum that's replaced by
0: all the soft tissues
1: taking Mm -hmm. those tissues So your tongue
0: and your soft tissue is being drawn forward in your mind exactly so all those tissues that are not
1: attached to a bone Mm -hmm. i know a lot of alternative therapy are focusing on the tongue and definitely that's a big big part of uh, yeah uh, the big culprit, I would say, for OSA, mm-hmm. but not enough. You know, you for have a all... lot of
0: people, but but not necessarily for everybody, right? Like exactly. Yeah.
1: But so so you. That's what have...
0: makes it so maddening because I feel like there's so there's so many people trying to get to the root of their own issues, and there's just so much variance between different people, and yeah, it's a lot. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. But anyways, so it's interesting because as you. Uh, turn on the pump, you can feel that pressure, that suction all around your mouth, not only the the tongue, but also the the different soft tissues. And they get gently pulled forward and upward. Mm -hmm. So the tongue eventually sits against the palate where it's supposed to be.
0: Where it's supposed to be.
1: And then the good news is once you reach that target pressure, there's a sensor that just stops the pump. You don't need to keep pumping at that point because okay. it's static. There's no movement. It's like a a, a suction pump. You so know, it
0: pulls a, your almost like pulls your tongue into the correct position and yeah. then just stops because it has it done its job.
1: Yeah, and then at that point, the back of the airway or the back of the upper airway is open, so the patient the patient can actually uh, breathe naturally through their nose.
0: Mm-hmm. So and they well, have so one of the things about your device is you have to breathe through your nose, right? Which is how you're supposed to breathe, exactly. as we know <laughs> from James exactly. Ness and all of his friends. Um so your mouth's gonna be closed around the device and then you're gonna be breathing through your nose.
1: Exactly. Yes. So um but we'll we'll get to the, to to that a bit later. Mm-hmm. So what happens when the patient kind of uh, open their mouth or move around or the, the tongue falls back? Obviously, it's detected by the sensor in the device mm-hmm. as a leakage and the pump kicks in again. And reposition uh, the tongue properly, everything while the patient is asleep. So that's why it's intermittent, because it's not always on. So and... We have a parameter here that we work with a patient, which is what we call a seal time. So what percentage of the overall usage time did they have a good seal? Mm. So we're trying to target something above 80%, for instance. But what it means is that 20% of the time the pump is on, 80% it's off. Being off means it's idle. It doesn't create any noise. And it is doesn't draw any any energy or very little energy just to keep that uh, that that pressure uh, negative pressure, and that's uh, the beauty of the of the design of the technology is you don't need to plug it in. The battery. Right. So
0: explain to people what it looks like as well. So it's kind of a small little.
1: <laughs> <So it's laughs> how would you because, describe that? I mean, uh, I have it here, but if you uh, you know. It's about, it's a size, a footprint of an iPhone. Of an imagine iPhone. Those like gigantic. And it's about twice as thick yeah. as an iPhone. So the bottom part, imagine kind of a, this um, this iPhone and it's uh, it has like a uh, cut in half. The bottom part is what we call the console. This is where we have the battery, a lithium ion mm-hmm. that is rechargeable by a USB port. The pump, the suction pump. The electronics the sensor
0: so it's um, rechargeable but it doesn't need to be connected to power all night you, you can just have it charged right. up
1: exactly I, exactly and i'm a user myself i can go for six nights in a row without having to recharge Oh, okay so the, the top part is what we call a saliva container because as you're going to be pulling air from the old cavity, you will also be pulling some saliva. And mm-hmm. then patients don't like uh, to have to deal with saliva. It's kind right. of So in that container, we put little bags with highly absorbent material. You use that once per night. Okay. And all the saliva will be collected in this little bags. And then like every morning, you just toss them in the bin and the rest is clean. So very Got easy it. for them as well then we have a tube which is about the diameter of a pencil a little bit smaller mm-hmm. and it's a three foot long tube that's much
0: smaller than a CPAP hose by the look of it yeah
1: that's why yeah much smaller than a CPAP hose or yeah call it hose instead of tube this is really a tube That's a smaller one yeah and then we have a oral interface, and the oral interface is made of very, very soft um, plastic material. And I would I describe it as a hybrid between a snorkel and a pacifier. Okay. <laughs> and the snorkel, because that's the way you wear it, there's a kind of a flange that sits in front of the teeth and beyond behind the lip. And like a snorkel, mm. it's here to create a seal. Yes, if you're underwater, you don't want the water to go. To, to, so you're to go breathing
0: in. through your nose, not through your mouth, because it's sealed.
1: You're breathing through your, through your nose, and uh, we have a, a stem here that's kind of a a um, uh, extension of the tube. This is where the negative pressure is um, is sucking from, and mm-hmm. that is sitting on top of the tongue. Okay. And it's okay. funny because when I use it. You know, I I always uh, try to figure out why do we call the pacifier pacifier? In mean, French, is a different uh, word, and then is because it soothes the baby, it calms it down. Yeah. And for some reason, when I try that and have that in my mouth, I fall asleep like in a minute. It's almost it's almost like a, I, I I think I, it's I, to do with yeah.
0: simulating something on the top of the roof of your mouth.
1: I don't know. I, I think it's so the same with some
0: wise people suck their thumbs as
1: well. Suck their thumbs or I mean, the smokers, it's not a, only about the nicotine, it's oh, also yeah. the sucking effect. Yeah, definitely. Calming down and soothing. So, anyways, so um, so it's very, uh, very quiet and comfortable. And um, it's it's good also for the bed partner because, again, um, it's quiet. We're we'll be pumping only a few milliliters of um of air that's a pocket that's in the uh or in, uh, cavity so you don't need a big noisy pump for that Cool. you have just like a very small quiet pump compared to the a noisier pump for CPAP mm-hmm. because it has to push a lot more volume per minute
0: yeah um so here's the bit that i really wanted to ask you about because i was super confused so you got fda approval for the device a while back but then recently there was something where you were talking about mild moderate and severe having different settings
1: okay so so (laughs) you know what i'm asking no 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 yeah i know exactly i read
0: about it but i still didn't really understand so i thought i just asked you
1: so we we um we received our initial FDA clearance class two device in May of 2020 for mm-hmm. all severities of sleep apnea, yeah. mild, moderate, and severe. Um, but that was with a fixed pressure setting. And we filed an extension that was, um, that was uh, actually that we got in June, like uh, last month for the ability to titrate the negative Uh, pressure. So the device has the ability to be remotely titrated by uh, the physician, not by the patient, by the way, by the physician. And then we do have a protocol for that because, you know, think about those patients with high BMI, heavy tongue, they will need more force to be applied to their soft tissue to just pull them forward and keep them in that position. And the initial pressure setting mm, was not sufficient for some of those patients. So now it is uh, FDA clear to be able to remotely titrate by going deeper in the negative pressure. And mm-hmm. that means creating more force in all those tissues in the mouse.
0: Okay. Thanks for Which explaining that. Because I, I read about it and I was like, how would you titrate that? I don't understand, but okay. So different pressure settings, so, that makes yeah. sense. It's just-
1: it's a very different titration compared to a, to a CPAP, of course. But yeah. Uh, so the way it works, um, we have an app. So the patient needs to download the app and pair their device. And then the provider has a, access to a platform where they can see their patient progress, you know, the yeah. sale time, the treatment time. And then if they feel that the patient needs a adjustment in a negative pressure, they just order it online. And the next time the patient is actually opening the app, turning on the their iNAP, uh, there will be a, a pop-up window saying, hey, your doctor increased your pressure by then. Ah. Do you accept it? Yes. They click yes. And it's, it's automatically uh, synchronized with the pump and the pump uh, mm-hmm. goes to the next setting.
0: So do you want to explain to people, like if people are listening to this and the INAP is not a device that their sleep specialist is familiar with. Can they come direct to your website or what's the best way for patients to find out more, you know, and like,
1: yes. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're working hard in spreading the word and making more and more uh, physician and provider aware of, uh, of INAP. But as you know, it's a, it's uh, we're out there in the trenches and working hard for that. But um. We have a a, an, uh, a website with a lot of details, a lot of information. We do have also um, a list of provider who are in all fifty states, um, okay. most of them being in telemedicine as well. Yes, and licensed in all fifty states, so they can uh, um, book a, um, a consultation with them. And in order to get a prescription, because we need a prescription as a class two device, um, they will find a lot of resources as well to share with their physicians. Okay. And, and, and really, if they want us to um, to contact the physician and share some clinical data, answer their question, uh, do a demo online, um, we, we do that all the time and we'd be very happy to, uh, uh, to do it for them.
0: And so this because, is something, are people able to, you have insurance coverage, right? Like can people claim under their insurance or how does that work?
1: So it's a new device. So we do not, uh, we, we don't have a uh, positive coverage. right okay. Now we are working on it. We have a number of codes that have been granted to us already. Um, we applied for another code. It's quite the
0: system in America. I don't know what it's new, like in France. But well, like <laughs> talking to
1: a so it's... much much easier. It's a single payer yes. system, like most of uh, of Western Europe. So yeah. it's a very 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 different system, um but it's interesting. You have to learn the rules of the game here in the US, and and of course try to play the the, the best you can. I mean, not not play, it, but uh, comply to yeah all the system, and. um
0: so you are
1: still we, working on that part. We're working on that and hopefully by 2024 we'll start having positive coverage um but we do have uh, because we're not covered yet so we we introduced it from the very beginning with two different models So see it's it's not just a new device that's kind of a um, small portable uh, quite but it's also I wanted to push the envelope so the patient experience, um, to adopt the device is also different from what they had with CPAP. So we yes. introduced it with two models. We have a out-of-pocket model, so they can buy it up front on our website, or they can have what we call a membership, which is a subscription model. So, so they pay they want, a certain
0: amount every month?
1: They pay a certain amount every month, but they can start the um, the treatment right away. If the treatment for some reason doesn't work for them, Uh, of course we help them there's a lot of coaching that's involved here but after three months we said okay send it back and then we stop your subscription like you would be stopping your cell phone subscription we wanted i want to make it really easy and not threatening to the to those Mm patients
0: um
1: and then included in that um what we call membership there are the supplies so the supplies Every three months, the patient receives at home a box with a new mouthpiece, a new Mm -hmm. tube, and three months worth of those, you know, what we call little pockets. Yeah. yeah, The absorbance. So that
0: was going to be my next thing is like, what does the maintenance and the cleaning look like?
1: So, very easy. So, the maintenance is um, so every morning, first thing you do, you just toss the, the dry pad. You want to rinse off if you want, but it's usually it's dry the uh, saliva container. Yeah. Then you run tap water through the different component that's seen some saliva, so that uh, the cap, the tube, and the oil interface. Okay. And that's about it. And once in a week, we suggest that uh, you use one of those uh, uh, effervescent tablets that people use to clean their, you know, denture. Yes. And then you suck the content of that glass of effervescent solution with a pump um, by dunking the oil interface into it. And the whole system will be soaked with this um, um, cleaning solution. Mm-hmm. And you let it sit for like 15 minutes, then rinse it off, and you kill most of the bacteria built up. But it's very okay. easy to um, in terms of maintenance as well.
0: And so just because I have listeners in all sorts of places, where is the iNAP? So I'm assuming it's available in Taiwan and then the the U.S. And then do you know the other countries where people can get access yes.
1: to it? So uh, so we are seeing marked. Uh, so that's in Europe. Uh, it's it's uh, distributed in, in the U.K., in uh, Germany, Switzerland, Austria um in uh, asia um a lot of country uh korea (laughs) korea of course south South korea thailand um vietnam hong kong australia okay so
0: so pretty good coverage really
1: and again is
0: it just a case of starting with the website and then kind of working back from that like I, i just feel like a lot of patients will go to their doctors and Ask, and a lot of times it just feels like it's tricky for like just anybody i've I've interviewed about newer devices it just seems to take so long <laughs> for yeah. doctors to kinda of catch up with what well, patients are asking for so
1: yes, yes, so uh, that's why we are you're we're improving our we're increasing our presence in those conferences we're yes. creating webinar for doctors. We're um, trying to educate the doctors community here in the US, specifically in the US. Yeah. Um, and our approach was, in terms of outreach, was really a two-pronged approach. We have the direct-to-consumer. We actually explain what it is on, on Facebook and Instagram and Google. So we mm-hmm. do like almost like a tech approach yep. of um, outreach. And then we also have the um, outreach to the physicians, you know, giving them more information, you know, clinical information and educational content. And then we're trying to make sure the two population um, just uh, talk to each other. So our goal is really you create the need by the patient and the patient talk to their doctor and say, hey, yeah. I've seen that. I don't like my CPAP. I think there's
0: a huge element of that I feel like people in um I don't know just that I've met at conferences and things kind of underestimate the power of patience because I know like I mean maybe I'm not your standard patient right I'm a A lot to deal with but like you know when i go to my doctor i'm like hey what about this what about that and you know and and you can see if they're kind of uncomfortable because they don't really know what you're talking about they're gonna go and google it right and try and figure out like what is this person talking about so i feel like patients by demanding things can actually help change the system
1: yeah and and i think it's it's even more important for chronic condition you know, if it's an acute condition and then you're going to be treated for a week or two or months, that's yeah. OK. You as a patient, you bite the bullet and you know that it's going to be sold after a month. And then you get whatever treatment the doctor is, is telling you to, to to take or to use. Chronic condition again, and the chronic condition is the main reason of... um a lot of issues i mean if not treated all the comorbidities are oh, that develop yeah. that are chronic as well so it's so important that the patient is part of the conversation is part of the decision and, and that the patient likes or loves the treatment yes and you know i've my one of my dreams is also we all know those uh those those statistics, you know, 80% of people suffering from obstructive sleep apnea are not. Which just noted. not
0: acceptable. <laughs> and, right. I feel and, like we, why, we talk about all the time. And it's like we've got to change that.
1: And why? Why? Because, you know, they associate the uh, the 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 OSA treatment with the CPAP with the yeah. stigma of a mask. But you know, you're like a 30 something. Um, you know, guy or gal, and then uh, you've been diagnosed by sleep apnea, and all of a sudden the doctor tells you, "Okay, here's a CPAP, go use it." I mean, you you realize, that, "Oh my God, no, I cannot! It's not possible." Right. So, so many of those people who are sitting on the fence hopefully will start a treatment with a device like a INAP. and that's not the only one. There's other right. uh, new devices that are also patient friendly.
0: Yeah. But yeah.
1: that's not as intrusive. That's not as disruptive for their lifestyle as a CPAP. And as they start the treatment, they prevent their condition from getting worse and worse. And they prevent comorbidities from, from developing, you know. Yeah. And that's actually, that's super important. You know, if we can find a way for this huge population of patients who 30-something or more and yeah. get them to start their treatment as early as possible because yeah. change the change the uh, image of a OSA diagnosis is a non-event.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It is not going to be changing your lifestyle. Is not going to be preventing also, you from,
0: yeah, from your, doing your whatever,
1: whatever you want like to do. In life.
0: I think also there's this whole thing of... um when you look at those numbers, they're so stark, like 80% of people aren't diagnosed and aren't being treated currently. So to me, there's enough market share for every possible, yeah. <laughs> you know, solution yeah. to, I just think that patients need to be offered everything that could help them. And then people are so diverse they their you know, what they think sounds like a good plan. I mean, I've just had so many people on my podcast at this point and some people are just like, give me whatever surgery there is because, you know, like they don't want to wear anything at night or other people think, you know, a CPAP is preferable to an oral appliance or, you know, like it just, the the vast array of people, like there's enough people undiagnosed for all of these treatment options to have their audience, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. And um, as you mentioned earlier, there's so much diversity in people's body and shape and condition yeah. and perception and things like that, that um, I'm not saying that INAP is working for everyone. There's a lot of right. contraindication, and same thing for every treatment. So I, I do believe that the physician should have a like a toolbox and show the different options that they have on their toolbox yes. to their patient, discuss with them,
0: yeah. uh,
1: advise them yeah. on what might be working better for them, but uh, allow them to try different things as well. You know, the, the good news with uh, with INAP is like a CPAP, you can get results from the very first night on. Yes you know, you know, the tongue-stimulating devices or the Inspire, you know, the, the hypoglossal nerve uh, stimulator, of course, that's more involved and you will not know whether it's working for you right, right away. Um, so this is actually something that is very easy to use and you can see in a matter of a couple of nights, oh yeah, that thing's work actually, I like it.
0: Cool. So for people oh, whose noses work, it could yes. be a really good option. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so one of our big thing, one of my big thing, and, and I, I I listened to a couple of your uh, uh, recent podcasts, you know, with, uh, um, that's a doctor from Australia, dentist from Australia. Yes, uh, doctor, Dr. Shreem like, Lim. Shreem Lim, you know, talking about yes. you know posture and how it opens yes. um, the, uh, the nose and uh, the myofunctional therapy mm-hmm. and things like that. We do also encourage that. We have actually a few tools in our toolbox to help patient become nose breather because Mm -hmm. um i know we talked about that in in so important conversation the great book from james Nestor, yeah and that was completely eye opening for me and he said oh my god yes it's 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 incredible you know how we should all breathe through our nose but unfortunately society and lifestyles make that a lot of us are mouse breather yes we hear that a lot with our patient oh i cannot use it i'm a mouse breather but i say well let's work together so we we have some some tips and plan where they become nose breather only in a couple of weeks you know and they can line up you know, and the more they use it, the better they feel. The better the uh, patency of their, um, um, you know, prayer ways uh, in, improves. So cool. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to put some links in the show notes so that people can go find out more about, you know, your company and the iNAP and where to get it and all those kind of things. Was there anything else I didn't cover that you want to say? <laughs> Well, no. um, Yeah.
1: Well, the the only thing is also I didn't mention is um, uh, we have very, very few side effects Um, because, again, we're using natural breathing. So there's Mm -hmm. no dryness of air or
0: anything
1: like that. And it's uh, the only side effect that we have at the beginning for the first few nights is oversalivation because it's a foreign body effect object in the mouth. And that's usually. Disappears after a few uh, a few nights, but that's that's what makes it you know a, a cool a cool right? treatment that actually <laughs> works well for a number of our patients. So,
0: great. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been <laughs> really fun.
0: Thanks so much for listening. I love hearing from you. If you'd like to be featured in an upcoming episode, please email me at sleepapneastories at gmail.com. That's also the place to get in touch if you just want to say hi or ask a question. Alternatively, you can always reach me on Instagram. My handle there is at sleepapneastories. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. This really helps a wider audience to find the episodes and I really appreciate it.